Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. And I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Chief Corporate Storyteller, Steve Malter. Steve, you're a keynote speaker, your presentation coach, and you're an enthusiastic evangelist for better corporate storytelling. You work with industry giants like Cisco, HP, Intel, Fuji, Siemens. The, The list is extensive. And Steve, it is a pleasure to have you with us today. Josh, it is so good to be with you. This is a total delight. I've followed you for a good long while, and I always appreciate the conversations that you have with others, and now I get to be that other. Yeah, and so, well, Steve, I'm just thrilled to have you to talk about a, a topic that I think is just so important today, and that is storytelling. And I, I think, you know, many of us, um, you know, when we think about what is it that we need to communicate to our audiences, our customers, internally, uh, to our clients? Um, and sometimes it's really easy to just, just the facts, ma'am. And uh, we don't realize or we don't stop to say, well, could we present this in a more personal way that's going to emotionally connect uh, with folks. And, and, and again, I know that this is kind of part of your overarching uh, impact in the world. Um, but as, as we get into that, um, would you mind just giving us just a, just a real brief background? And then, you know, most importantly, I want to talk about the impact that you have today. Excellent. All right. So, In a nutshell, everything that I do is built on three pillars, which really should be for every entrepreneur, every business owner, whether it's B2B, B2C, whatever it happens to be. If you want to tell your story, your story is not based in a product, a solution, or a service. It is based in human connection. So everything that I do comes from that fundamental based on three pillars that I tend to work in. And those three pillars are value, passion, and connection. And we can get into the details on what each of those mean and why. But I have spent the past 25 plus years, which is hard to imagine at this point, representing very large corporations who tend to think very much in a vacuum. Everything is product centric because, of course, that is how they have sold to their market and to their industry for so many years. And what we try to do together in partnership is back away from the products that have done very well for them, not to diminish them in any way, but actually to enhance the nature of the product beyond just what it does to tell a story about the overall corporate culture and why people want to be more deeply invested in that corporate culture. Everything that I do flows from that simple concept. Yeah. You know, let's think about, you know, just this internal challenge, you know, of, you know, uh, our, our team members, our, our culture that, that we exist um, as leaders within uh, a broader corporate culture. Um, why is it so critical that, I mean, does it, gosh, you know, and, and I'm thinking about my, my own insecurities uh, when I think about, you know, taking time to tell story and, you know, is this going to be, 
I mean, I know my heart and I know what I want to create and the, and the change that I want to make and, and help, uh, you know, help drive. Um, but but I also am sensitive to, am I taking too much time here? Is this really necessary? Um, how do we kind of get out of our own heads and just trust that story is the most effective way to truly connect with audiences and, and evoke that change that we hope? Wow. One of the number one things that I hear frequently in coaching, exactly what you just said, especially when it comes to C-suite, executives believe, no, I have a limited amount of time. My time to talk is 30 minutes and I've got 54 minutes of actual hard content. Therefore, I cannot afford to remove any of that hard content from my 30 minutes. I've just got to jam it all in there as best I can. What I will try to work with them on is what I like to call the three to 8% rule, which is actually a controversial statistic. But I'll ask people, when you are done with your interaction, whether you're speaking to one person, whether you're speaking to 10,000 people, doesn't matter, nor does the length of time matter. You're speaking for five minutes while you're a a uh, medical sales representative chasing a doctor down the hallway of a large institution, or you're standing in front of a keynote stage in, in an arena with 20,000 people. Three to 8% rule says, how much of your talk do you think that your audience is going to remember one hour after you have finished speaking? Mm. Now, statistically, there are a lot of different numbers. And again, as I said, they're controversial, but the basic fundamental, most people will say, I think they'll remember 20 to 30%. Okay. The pessimistic people say, I don't know, maybe 15%, 20%. I say, you're still <laughs> incredibly optimistic. Three to 8%. Well, why? These people are not stupid. They're brilliant. They're phenomenal at what they do. They are deeply, deeply attached to the topic and the content. But the reality is the smartest person in the room still has limited bandwidth. And considering that most of us take in roughly 10,000 individual pieces of stimuli per day, we have a sorting system in our brain that breaks down everything into high value, medium value, low value, and no value status. And only so many things can get into high value. We simply discard the rest. So this is actually empowering. A lot of people say, all right, I'm going to give a 45-minute talk, and they're going to forget 97% of it. Why bother? Well, what I say is, no, it's actually empowering. Because once you know that they're only going to remember the most important elements of your story, it allows you to really focus in and say, okay, well, what are they? What is that 3 to 8% that I want them to remember? And usually that 3 to 8% is not about data, statistics, KPIs, metrics, mm -hmm. numbers. They will learn that next week when they go home. And they say, oh, man, I really love Josh's talk. Josh's talk was amazing. I got to remind myself, what was that number he gave me again? And they can look it up on their own, on the website, or in the brochure, or in the white paper, or the mission statement, or wherever it happens to live. The 3 to 8% is the personal meaning. It's that old Carl Buhner quote that people uh, so often uh, attach to Maya Angelou, right? Uh, they may not remember what you told them, but they will always remember how you made them feel. The story is what makes them feel. So if a large corporation has a huge depth and breadth of capabilities under its belt that they can offer out to their clients, you don't have time to talk about all those capabilities. What you do have time to do is tell them a meaningful story that makes sense for them, that creates value for them. And once they feel a part of your story, like the star of your story, then they can go back and research all the fine details later. That's a very long answer to your very short question. <laughs> no, I love it. Love <laughs> it. You know, and I suspect that you may have a story at the ready regarding a, a corporate leader who made 
made this decision to really lean into storytelling or lean into story um, because perhaps there was something that was challenging. There was something big that needed to happen. They leaned into story. And as a result, hopefully, <laughs> if we have a good conclusion to this story, a happy ending, uh, this ended up working for them. Anything particular come to mind? You know, I actually tell a story in the book. Uh, at the very, very end, I, I conclude with just a few stories of my own because people don't care about my stories. They care about their stories. And their story is what I hope to tell within the book. But at the end, I decided to shoehorn a couple of mine in. I was working for a very, very large corporation, one of the largest technical corporations on the planet. And for years, we had been at a conference. And all of a sudden, we sold off the entire division that connected to that conference. And now we were no longer a part of that conference. But three years later, the conference calls the CEO of this large organization and says, hey, we want you to be the primary keynote at the opening of the conference. Great. Uh, because he was a, he's an influencer. He's a futurist. He's a world leader. But they said, oh, by the way, in order to take that keynote slot, you also have to have a very, very large presence at the event and you have to show some stuff. And so my client called me to say, um, what are we going to show? We have nothing left in that industry or at that conference, but we have to tell a story in a very large presence. What do you suggest we do? So the nature of the strategy was we said we cannot go about product. We don't own product. What we can do is tell a meaningful story to everybody in that room. And when I say everybody, we're talking 200,000 people that will drift through this event at any given time. And what we did is we put together a story that we knew was going to be universal for as many people who were there and then we got the CEO to tie back into that story. So between the two of us, we cross-referenced. And it was all about how each of us can individually not only work on our own health and well-being, but also voluntarily and securely share the nature of our health and our well-being with the larger population to aggregate into hardcore data lakes that could be accessed and tapped into in order to greater serve the world population. This was the CEO's top message. We reflected it throughout the rest of what we were doing at the conference in our storytelling. And I'm telling you, it turned out to be the talk of the event, even though we never showed a single product that we were selling because the product didn't matter. We were surrounded by all the different products that could get us to that greater vision. And that's what people remembered. And I love that story to this day. Mm. And your what? Tell me about the story of your book. Nothing gets sold <laughs> until the story gets told. Uh, at, at what point did you say it's time for the book? And here's what's in it. <laughs> oh man, this was a long time in coming. Just because I've been doing this a long time, people yeah. had said to me for years, "Hey, you've seen so much stuff. You should write a book." And I said, "Yeah." They're like. 17 people out there who I think would really be interested in reading my book, so I should get that going. And then I realized that it was not about the corporate speaking. It was about the coaching and the training. And it was about figuring out a way to take all these different ideas that I will give to people, whether I'm in a one-hour coaching with them or I'm on a three-day sales training, again, with a large corporation, and we've got 24 hours of training work together. But I've learned all of this stuff from these amazing people. How do I, first of all, compile it, but most of all, organize it and make it proactive for someone? So there were three big targets to the book where I finally said, okay, I'm willing to do it. Target number one is anything that I tell people, they have to be able to instantly do for themselves. If I'm just telling stories, it's worthless. There's no value to them. They have to read the story and say, oh, I can do that. I know exactly how to do it. Second, I had to give them the tips and the tricks 
to be able to go and get it done right now, regardless of title on the uh, uh, business card, regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of location, regardless of education level, everybody had to be able to pick this thing up and say, yeah, I can add tools into my tool belt and be a better speaker tomorrow. And number three, I had to make it engaging enough that I didn't bore the heck out of people and make them want to throw the book across the room after about 30 pages. So once I figured out how to hit those three targets, the book sailed out of me, the marketing and strategy of the book. We're going to talk about that in a, in a different conversation. Yeah. And uh, Steve, your work uh, with, uh, you know, in your work, uh, and I, and again, I know obviously you're doing a lot of speaking art. Are you also, you're consulting and coaching as well, correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. So a lot of times, Josh, what will happen is a company who has utilized my services for a long time as a speaker, they reach a point where they say, all right, we've either hit a saturation point. We're not seeing the conversion metrics that we like, or even worse, we are seeing a transfer out to either competitive environments, or we are simply not telling a story anymore that captures analyst attention. And so that's when they'll give me a call and say, good, let's sit down and let's figure out not necessarily where we went wrong, but where we can take what we've gotten so used to and expand outward a little bit. I find those conversations really exciting. The other thing that I really love to do is when a company is hosting a large conference, a large event, something that's going to be both live and broadcast, and they say, all right, we've got a bunch of people coming in to speak at this particular event, and we want to up-level the entire event for the benefit of everybody who attends, both in-person and virtual. So they will buy me and give me to all of their customers and partners who will be speaking at the event as a gift. So they buy my coaching for people who are not even members of their company. And I get the opportunity to go out and at any given time, I'll work with 50, 60, 100 different speakers from different corporations. And every couple of hours, I'm changing uh, I'm changing markets, I'm changing product capabilities, I'm having to learn in the moment what makes that individual tick, and then tap into their organic, natural storytelling ability to bring out the best, well, sorry, to bring out the best in them. And I really do love doing that. Yeah. One client that you've been able to work with uh, for quite some time is Cisco. Um, how is, uh, tell me about storytelling within the Cisco culture. I'll tell you, one of the biggest corporations that I work with, I think global, they're about 80K right now in terms of number of people. And there's, it's a $500 you know, billion dollar valuation. And I work from everybody uh, with everybody from the C-suite, from the executive branch, uh, uh, all the way to the individual product sales leads, SMEs, and so forth. Trying to work with Cisco, first of all, I've been around long enough. I've been representing them, speaking with them for over 25 years at this point. I've simply gotten to know the corporate culture very well and the line very well. But let's say that I was arriving today, like any one of us who are listening here to this podcast or watching the podcast and thinking, all right, how do I tap into market potential within a new, very large organization when I'm new to the table? What I always suggest is pull it back. If you try to learn, all of the different solutions, all the different technologies and how they interact and commingle with one another, you're going to be lost. The learning curve is going to be incredibly shallow. The fastest way to create steep learning curve and learn within a very short period of time is pay attention to the way the people speak about their own organization. 
And I learned this from John Chambers back mm -hmm. when JC was CEO uh, up through 2015. JC and I used to work in uh, frequently with one another. He was one of the greatest mentors that I have ever had, even though he wasn't doing what I was doing. And the reason was whenever he would step out to talk to anybody, he never, ever led with product. He led with them. Let's talk about you first. If you can do that with any corporation you work with, and I think with Cisco, it's something that is an ongoing process that we continue to do is to never talk about Cisco as the first thing in the door. Always talk about the customer. Talk about the partner. A big thing for me is that nothing ever happens in a vacuum. The largest, most powerful corporation on the earth or the smallest startup, nobody does it alone. We rely on partnership. Look at what you and I are doing right now. This conversation is about partnership. It's not just about the thoughtful entrepreneur, up my influence, everything that Josh does, which is remarkable, as we were talking about earlier. And it's certainly not about Steve Multer corporate storytelling. It's how we work together in partnership for the greater good, to serve more people. And with Cisco, this is what I always try to work on with them and with every company, regardless of size. That's my target. How do you talk about them first, you second? Do that. You establish connection. You establish value and meaning. Now the conversation opens up. Steve Moulter, your new book, Nothing Gets Sold Until the Story Gets Told. It's now available on Amazon. It's also in audiobook for yes. my audiobook friends, uh, which I, I am a rabid consumer. Looking forward to uh, listening to this myself. Steve, also your website is stevemoulter.com. And uh, who should be reaching out and, and, and what kind of what's, what's kind of the next level uh, for them to engage with you? Great. So first of all, thank you for that. Uh, and I actually have two websites. So stevemulter.com is where you go when you want speaker Steve, when you want coach mm -hmm. Steve, when you want trainer Steve. Uh, when you want book Steve, I also recommend that people go to corporatestorytelling.com, which is dedicated specifically to the book. And I also have a great next step for all of your viewers, all of your listeners here, which is a little freebie that's waiting there on the website. So if you go to corporatestorytelling.com slash guide, I've created a great short e-guide that's called Five Paths to Passionate Storytelling. Anybody can go to corporatestorytelling.com slash guide and download that. Just in the password, in the code, put in sold told 23 all lowercase, sold told 23 and you can access that right now. But in terms of reaching out, I always love to talk with anybody, whether it is business-related or just about telling your story on a personal level as opposed to on a corporate level. Whether there is money involved or not, if I can talk story, anybody, get in touch. We'll share a Zoom coffee, we'll chat, and I'll do anything that I can to help promote your better story, whatever it happens to be. You started out by saying I'm an evangelist for better corporate storytelling. It's kind of how I live my days. I look for story everywhere, and I love to help others find theirs. Steve Malter, again, thank you so much for joining us, stevemalter.com and corporatestorytelling.com. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Josh, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you. And thanks to everybody who's been watching and listening in. This has been fun. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group, 
Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.